Hello, welcome to Mind and Movement, the podcast, where we discuss mindful movement through dance and through life. Welcome back to the podcast. Before we begin, I want to share that I started my life coaching business where I help people live their most authentic lives by inspiring compassion and focusing on their journey instead of the destination. If you are someone who wants to be living your life on your own terms and want more guidance, then this is for you. If you DM me on Instagram telling me you came from my podcast show, you will get a free 30-minute consultation as well as $10 off your first session. My Instagram is at justine.wang underscore, which along with other promotions will be included in the show notes. Thanks for listening through this. Now let's learn a little bit more about our guest. On today's episode of the podcast, I have a conversation with Valerie Mariah Virgin, and we talk about women, love, and relationships, and how that's all tied together, and I really enjoy this conversation. I feel like it brought so much love into my life and helped me find even more appreciation for women, which I just really love that that she's bringing that into the world. Before we begin, here's some background on Valerie. Valerie Virgin is a 25-year-old choreographer and dancer based in San Bernardino, California. She began studio training at the age of three in various styles such as ballet, jazz, tap, and more. Since 2014, she has been a part of teams such as Gravy Babies, 909 Dance Trope, and GRV. In 2018, she graduated from the University of Redlands with a BS in Global Business and a minor in Mathematics. Ever since her graduation, she has been developing a program within the San Bernardino School District that provides dance to all students in the elementary level. After years of working on her artistry, she now teaches at studios like Dance Dimensions Performing Arts Center in Grand Terrace, Offstage by GRV in Orange County, and Snowglow Perspective in Glendale. She has a deep passion for sharing the joy and love that comes with dance through her choreography and visuals. While balancing a full-time job, family, God, and friends, she hopes to continue connecting with and uplifting others through her movement. As always, thank you so much for listening, and let's get right into it. Hello, welcome to Mind and Movement. This is your host, Justine Wang, and today I'm joined by the beautiful, wonderful Valerie Mariah Virgin. Yes. Yes. Hello. Yes. Hi, welcome. Hi. Um, let's start with how are you doing today? I'm doing good. I actually just got back from a, a flight last night. So I'm I woke up a little tired, but then I had my morning routine. I feel very refreshed and I'm excited to be here. <laughs> Yes, I'm super excited to have you as well. Um, let's start with, tell us about yourself and your story. My dance story, just in general, or? Just everything you want to cover. Um, all right. So my name is Valerie. Um, I grew up in a very, very large family. Um, and so family is something that's very important to me. Um, I actually have been dancing since I was three years old, competitively since I was about nine years old. And then I took the community scene a lot seriously until after high school. So that's kind of my dance journey in general. But yeah, dance has always been 100% in my life um, as long as I can remember. And it means so much to me. Um, I think that's a good amount. I did go to college at University of Redlands and graduated with a BS in international business. So yeah, and I currently work for the school district and I developed a program within the school district. Yeah. That is so sick. Um, what is this program? Um, so I'm technically trying to get um, choreography dance embedded into every elementary school kids curriculum. So we are offering this program where the kids would be taking a one 45 minute dance class every week so they would learn choreography they have a performance at the end of the year and it kind of just helps them with the performance skills with their social skills and memorization so much you know dance helps so much in so many ways so I've kind of proposed that for the San Bernardino school district that's why I'm working right now and that's what I do 
That is sick. Yeah. That is so cool. I wish I had that in my like high school, elementary level. That is so cool. Thank you. Thank you. Just trying to um, bring back. Well, one of the reasons why I wanted to reach out and have you on the podcast today is because I saw your uh, woman video to Doja Cat. Uh, first of all, amazing. Um, and beyond that, I think the message that it sends out to the world is a really important one about empowering women and talking about your own struggles with women. So um, let's start with what was the inspiration behind that video? Oh my goodness, that's a loaded question. Very. <laughs> so I actually had like a really big realization. I think it was in 2020 when I took Sora Yang's um, ABVD women's course. Yes. Yes. And love Sora. Yes. Love her so much. Um, but yeah, I definitely realized a lot about myself and the way I viewed not just myself, but just women in general throughout like my, my whole dance career. Like I thought it was just after high school, but definitely like even the way like I was brought into dancing in general, I feel like just the way my image of women was always like fluctuating. And I was able to come to terms with that in the ABBD course. And I realized that I feel like that's why I struggled with creating relationships with women a lot of times and friendships. I felt more comfortable being friends with males a lot of, or men a lot of the time. And um, I definitely had that realization that that was something that I wanted to work on because I was having a lot of internal struggles within myself because I couldn't open up to the women around me as in the way that I wanted to. And I knew it was best for me and them and the people around me, you know, so after that course and seeing the things that I wanted to work on, I tried to take that within the rest of 2020 and then beginning 2021. Um, I was already put in this environment like this um, for GRV. I met this incredible group of females and other people that just brought so much enlightenment to the way that I was creating relationships before with women. And it, they, they inspired me so much in a way where I felt so comfortable. Like I felt in such a safe space around women and I wanted to thrive off of that and build off of that and kind of connect different women within my history of dance too. So it's not just GRB people who are on in the video. There's also people from my journey with 909, which I was able to gladly bring back and have them in it because I was able to bring some or I was able to create really good relationships on 909 as well with certain women. And even um, I did have a couple people on the project that I didn't have that great of a relationship in the past with that I wanted to kind of build that and bridge that gap that there was before, you know, and kind of create something new through our, like our shared history and our struggles as women and being under this whole patriarchy thing, you know? Uh, yes. Yes. But um, I feel like that's a lot of the inspiration was trying to show that the change is possible to kind of take this image of how women kind of used to view each other or view currently view each other. Who knows like what everyone's personal relationship is with um, creating relationships with women, you know, but I yeah. that was definitely a lot of my inspiration. I don't know if that makes sense. <laughs> no, it definitely made sense. Um, I feel like, like, art I think there's a quote that's like art imitates life or something and like I think like um the work that you did put out like really reflects like your own journey and your relationship with um other women so that's so great thank you, um, thank you. kind of like those like flags like I made it here like <laughs> progress checks you know <laughs> Um, so there's a lot of talk about like, you know, like your previous relationship with women and like personally for me as well. Um, I think like growing up, there was a lot of like competition between like each woman and there was always like, you know, the popular girl stereotype. And then there was the, oh, I'm not like the pop other girls type, um, which I definitely like lean towards, um, only realizing recently too, that like, that's still competition and like we're still like being under the patriarchy so what was that relationship with you and women before and then how has it changed recently oh my goodness um yeah that's I, I I feel like growing up I was a studio dancer so predominantly female it was mainly all female um 
And even in that environment, like I, and thank God, thank, I was blessed with the studio that I was at, like my studio owner, I am still, she is like second mom to me forever and ever and ever. And I actually still work for her. Like she has, she was the reason that I got so passionate about teaching um, because she gave me my first teaching job out of um, high school. So I do have a really amazing relationship and I'm really close to all of the people that I danced with growing up, which I'm so glad to be able to say. Uh, but I definitely feel the competition vibes were definitely instilled in me in a, in a young age. And I do support like healthy competition, but I did growing up get this very like self-doubt image that I was never good enough because I was not the best dancer at my studio like for sure like you can ask all my friends that I was like the worst one <laughs> but <laughs> but um I always took that really hard on myself when I was younger like I always saw that my friends were in the higher classes and I was never in them mm. or they were in the select elite groups for competition groups and I was I was never in them and it's totally like fine I definitely like understood but I feel like the environment that competitions also create like within soloists and all these other things it does create an effect on a young growing woman you know and how she yes. use herself so I don't I have nothing against the competition world but I do feel like it definitely affected the way that I viewed women it's all, all automatically that competitive mindset and there's always the top people of the studio and if you're not the top like you're always wanting to be at the top you know and it's that kind of mindset that was kind of instilled in me and then once I graduated high school and joined Gravy Babies, actually, that was my first um, collegiate team or not collegiate, they're underage, under mm -hmm. team after mm -hmm. high school, because I graduated 17 years old. So I was gotcha. able to do Gravy for like mm -hmm. a half a year, I think. So when I joined Gravy, it was like males, like a lot of males. And like there was still like a good amount of females, but it was mainly males that I felt like mm. I was surrounded by and the female ratio was a lot smaller than what it was at my studio we had like maybe two guys at our studio and so I kind of struggled with oh we can talk about this later too but I struggled with my style and like what I felt was comfortable with me dance wise mm -hmm. um and so I felt like that also kind of affected the way that I looked at women because there was like the select few strong, hard hitting women that you see like from GFAM or whoever at the time, you know, and it mm. was, it was very intimidating at first. And I felt like if I was not stronger than all these men, then I won't be seen or yeah. like that. So it kind of automatically elevated my competitive mindset towards the women without me even knowing. So I definitely grew that within my time on gravy going into GRV my next year and then once I left GRV I joined 909 for and I stood with 909 for three years and 909 I felt like helped me and pushed me to kind of get out of that mindset also um, it brought a lot of challenges too that we can also talk about um, with my identity as a woman and my role as a leader uh, and it brought me down a good amount of times but I feel like without me going through what I had to go through I wouldn't have been able to see that my opinion is as important as any person's male or female you know and or getting rid of that competitive view towards women like because like I said there were certain females that I wasn't able to have the best relationship with while I was on 909 and Think, like thankfully like the way that my journey progressed I was able to like build that relationship up again and change and build those bridges and connect the things that were kind of affected because of the way that I kind of viewed things and maybe the way that they viewed things too while I was being on that team so I feel like both those teams kind of brought a lot out of me it's kind of it's really hard to explain like I'm, there's so much I'm trying not to like yeah. yeah no that's okay take your time confuse um everything but yeah I feel like after I graduated college and after 909 I was able to kind of take a break from dance in general I just kind of trained on my own and mm. on my job and um, my my current job the school district definitely shifted the way that I think about just human beings in general and um, I'm very I feel like I would consider myself empathetic but I feel like my job 
made me empathetic in a completely new way and kind of realizing that male or female, like regardless of who you are, people like have their history and people like have their own trauma. So I feel like that shifted the way that I looked at a person in general and talked to a person in general. And it made me more open-minded in that sense. So then once COVID hit and all connection from human beings was gone, I was like, no, like this is like, so like crazy to me. I I felt like I'm kind of extroverted. So I feel like that really kind of hit me hard, like not being able to talk to people and see people. And Mm. it made me cherish that even more and cherish like human connection even more. So once I had Sora's thing too, my mind was already like, oh, I want more connection. And she was like, women together, more powerful. And I was like, yes, I see this and I feel this. And I, I felt like that's how I slowly started to get into that, like open-mindedness again to accepting that I'm not the only hurt person on this planet or hurt woman on this planet. Cause I felt like I was always saying, okay, I'm hurt. This person hurt me because they beat me in that thing. So I'm going to beat them and make them hurt kind of like mentality. And I feel like now it's definitely a completely switch of worlds that it's not even a competition in that kind of sense. I'm just doing what I love and I want people to do what they love and just share who they are, you know? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> there was a lot in there. So much. Um, I'm trying to like not make it so long, but I'm just like, whoa. No, I love it. There was a lot in there. I think we can like definitely break down like each aspect of like gravy and then um 909. Um, like for me too, um, I think like one thing that you said was like we kind of had to like erase our femininity in order to like stand out in like a predominantly male environment. Um, and I think like for me too, like I never really embraced the the fem- the traditional feminine thing of like makeup and like girly clothes and like the color pink. Like I was like, no, like I'm going to be masculine. Like, mm-hmm. you know, like that's like the narrative that we're like pushed towards um, even within like movement, like like you said, like the explosive, aggressive kind of movement was um, at the time more favored than like feminine and soft. Um, For sure. So that definitely is, you know, something that I think like a lot of dancers like go through. But then like, would you say that like, since you've also re-evaluated your relationship with yourself as a woman, like has your movement itself changed? Oh, yes. Uh, So when I did studio dancing we had I believe only one hip-hop instructor growing up or sorry choreography instructor or I guess yeah just choreography would be called because we did have other styles like jazz lyrical and tap and ballet and I did do all the other styles and even in those styles I felt like I struggled at a very early age with fully being sexy or with other things, you know? And then, so once I found choreography uh, with that one instructor, I kind of resonated with the more masculine dancing and Mm -hmm. more like hard hitting. And I kind of gravitated towards that. And that's when I really started getting into watching like GRV on YouTube and watching like other videos on YouTube. And I was like, oh my gosh, yes, hard hitting power. And like, I kind of, that's what I gravitated more and felt comfortable with. And so once I graduated high school, I definitely went straight to GFAM and um, felt my comfortability in there. And I didn't really even notice that there was any other style of like choreography besides like that. Like, I thought that was like, everything like I wasn't aware of like industry too much I wasn't aware of like any other like styles too much I was just like focused on those kind of like hard-hitting intricacy like stuff and um that's where I felt comfortable and then once I left GRV and Gravy um on 909 I trained under Jesu do you know Jesu yes love Jesu yes so I trained under Jessica Sue for I think it was one year two years Uh, or a year and a half, something like that. And she completely, I will give so much credit to like where like I found a lot of different movement within my body. Like she blew my mind in the way Mm -hmm. she moved. I was like, what? And I had Mm -hmm. never seen anything besides like hard hitting and like pops and like big stuff, you know? And like, I'm not saying her movement's not big. Her movement is huge, you know? I love her movement. And it kind of 
helped me see that the body was so beautiful. Like I, I can't even explain it like in any other way. Like I was just like, whoa, the way that she separated every kind of her bot move, like and every movement that she made was like so like particular. And I was just yes. like, oh, like we are so beautiful and we can create such beautiful movement. It doesn't always have to be like aggressive and strong. And uh, actually aggression doesn't even have to come like in that one way is what I kind of understood actually. And it can also be like soft and fluid, you know, and still be, and still give that like aggressive, like attack that a hard hitting piece can give, you know? And so once I was able to see that, I kind of was able to explore my movement. And I felt like that was also when I was exploring my role as a leader, as a woman also when I was on 909. So I felt like that hand in hand helped me explore my movement because I had to learn how to be a leader and also connect and that's when I was dealing with that kind of struggle with dealing with certain women and with dealing with, with myself, like I said, as a leader. So there was a lot of like self image dealing with in that area. And also my movement was also changing. So it was a lot of change that I was going through in 909. And I felt like once I got that break after I graduated college and I didn't be on, and I wasn't on any team, I was truly able to like delve into how my body naturally wanted to move, which I was completely taking all the opinions that I had gotten, like, or not opinions, but all the like con I got construction, I guess you would say that, mm -hmm. or like the way I was constructed to dance or like mm -hmm. made to dance growing up, which was this hard hitting. And like, that's that more masculine, I guess you would say is a term that they would use. Now I feel like masculine, feminine, who cares? You can be hard hitting. Doesn't matter. Yes. But like at the time it was viewed as more masculine. So I felt like I grew from that hard hitting to like developing what was my own personal movement. And like, and I felt like a lot of that came with the the way that 909 and GRV and my own self-discoverment kind of led me to like find, you know? Yeah. Definitely like your time on 909 is also something that was like very pivotal for you. And you talk about how like you were a leader. Um like, what was that lesson or the lessons from being a leader um, and then tying that into, like, your identity? I feel like my leadership on 909 was very, like, really a pivotal part in my dance career in general. Mm -hmm. um, I was actually, I believe, the only female on creative board at the time, and I had a lot of struggles, if I'm being honest, in that position. I felt like my voice wasn't heard a lot of the times and my opinions weren't viewed as the same. And mm -hmm. I did voice this a good amount of the times too, but I just felt like I had trouble as well with communicating the way with how I felt too. And I felt like instead of verbally commuting, communicating things always, I felt like my actions were... Like I had to prove something. I had to prove to people that in order to be a woman, like in leadership, like I had to be like this perfect person and get it all together and like speak my truth 100% all the time. And which I did, but I feel like the way in which I did certain things was done incorrectly. So I felt like it made more damage to myself and the relationship that I had with board or maybe with other women, because I was trying to be like this perfect, like person, like in charge, you know? So I felt like I had like a really dark time, like going through my leadership, you know, and I had a lot of like self-doubt too. And I was really hard on myself afterwards too. I felt like a lot of the things that I did, I could have done better, which is true. Like we can always do things better, but I was right. way too hard on myself and it brought me down for a long time. It actually made me consider quitting dance in general. Like I felt like this was not something for me that my voice doesn't really matter. Like, and I, and I don't know how to use my voice. So like it, maybe I'm not meant to do this, you know? And so mm -hmm. I had all these kind of like things in my head telling me, no, don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. Um, and that was until I really like took the time to separate myself from any kind of organization in general and any kind of um, relationships. Actually, I felt like I was very to myself a good amount of time after college. Um, and I didn't really try and build on too many relationships. And I felt like that time alone really like kind of helped me see what I wanted to be like in relationships and what I wanted from my relationships 
And so I felt like that kind of helped me with my leadership skills as well, because I was really low in, in how I thought I was supposed to be as a leader and not thinking that I would ever be in any kind of position ever again, you know? Um, mm-hmm. But yeah. Yeah. Um, I feel like I completely like empathize with that because I was on my collegiate team as well. Um, and I was never like selected as like a leader. And it was like something that I also always felt like I had to prove. Um, and then the way that I feel like I definitely resonate, like the way that I like came about it was maybe like too aggressive. But then if I wasn't, then I also wasn't, I like I was being too passive. But then if I was being assertive, like not aggressive or passive, it was still taken as aggression. Um, so it just felt like a like a situation for me personally that like I just couldn't win in any situation. Um, and like, again, I completely understand like this is how people view women. But like, oh, yeah, <laughs> it's a struggle. I think like women in leadership, especially um, trying to find that balance of like not being too passive trying not to look come off as aggressive Mm -hmm. like where's that line (laughs) I I it's so frustrating too I feel like we can't get a break you know (laughs) like uh and I feel like that's what we're kind of trying to break through now is you know like we can still be aggressive and we are aggressive but we are also still soft and like people just need to like accept that and like you know like and I feel like we all like be embrace that also you know our highs and our lows and everything that we were through our aggressiveness and our softness and it is a a constant battle trying to figure out how to like what's the word show people that too because we also have to be aware of others as well you know so it is a constant yeah because I also feel like like the weak the weak quote-unquote side of it of like being soft um I used to never embrace you know like I I think like that was like something I realized like this year that was like oh like whenever I am like being soft I see it as weakness as well um and then I think I remember actually like this is a TikTok outside of dancing but like people talking about how like we used to um judge Disney princesses like Snow White or like Cinderella um for being too feminine and soft but that's actually very like um very uh still like patriarchal like sexist mindset because it's like yeah. why are you judging them for that mm-hmm. um I think this also ties into like Jaysu's movement as a whole like sh- her movement um is like water yes. you know and it like when you were talking about it I was thinking about how like water is not something that you like view immediately as like a aggressive powerful thing but then I think about like that one analogy that's like you leave a rock under like a water and then the rock will eventually like erode like that there's like a strength to that as well anyways Jaysu just reminds me of water like all the time and like she is so powerful um in her own quote-unquote soft and also like quote-unquote aggressive way um yes I agree One <laughs> 1000% I love that analogy too yes If you've enjoyed the show so far, please give it a rating on Spotify and or Apple Podcast. And you can find more about Valerie at ValerieMariah underscore on Instagram and find out more about me at Justine.Way underscore on Instagram as well. So you you mentioned like now, like you had to take a step back and like think about like, um, how you want to show up as a leader or like what kind of relationships you want to be having. Um, So what does that look like for you? Um, So when, when it comes to relationships too, I felt like during COVID and quarantine and and all that time to myself, Mm -hmm. uh, I also got really close to God and that also shifted the way I looked at relationships as well. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I realized how much, love in general meant to me and how much I love love like I love it and I know that sounds so cheesy no I love it I I literally looked at all my relationships and I was like okay am I feeling loved and safe in all of these relationships 
And the ones where I went, like, I was not feeling it. I, I had to have those conversations, like, to be honest, like, I don't agree in cutting people out. Like, I don't agree with completely like banning people or like cancel culture kind of I'm Mm -hmm. all of this kind of stuff you know Mm -hmm. because I do feel like conversation is so so needed and important you know and so Mm -hmm. I felt like if I wasn't able to have healthy conversations with these people and them express their needs and me express my needs and us not find that balance then it's okay that the relationship wasn't okay to like have in my life anymore, you know? So that's what I was kind of picking out with all my relationships. And I did have to separate myself from certain people and it's okay. You know, like I realized that it's nothing wrong with me. It's nothing wrong with them. Like people just have different paths and people have different needs and different ways of loving, you know, and if they don't always fit with the way of yours and it's okay that you love them from a distance like it doesn't have to be that super close relationship that you might have had maybe that time was already like past you know so I felt like now for my relationships that's what I really cherish is like communication and like what's it called like visibility what's the word oh my goodness I'm brain farting no that's okay transparency transparency Transparency. vocabulary but yeah I feel like um I really would like to only build relationships with people that would like to be transparent me and I mean close relationships like I have so much like relationships like in my life right now like with my amazing team like I love every single one of them to death and every single person that I meet in all my classes everyone like you know like I meet in class like I have so much love for like all these people you know but like those select people that you let into yourself like I've definitely been more careful with who I let in my space because I've realized that I'm very sensitive and the way that I am if I don't feel like loved I take it as an insult or not an insult but I take it as I'm doing something wrong I feel that I've definitely had to be careful with that myself you know but I don't use that as an excuse I feel like to not be there for other people too so I feel like that's something that I've been working on lately is how much of myself am I giving to others that aren't like my like in my close circle you know because I still feel like people around me need love you know maybe they're not getting it from their direct circle and maybe my that one encounter I get with them is like their whole day or their whole week you know that smile that hug whatever it may be like and I have to be aware of that too you know how am I making an impact in the small relationships in my life as well so I feel like relationship is such a big thing for me like in the last year and I feel like a lot of it is like I said, based on like love and transparency. So, and working through it, like daily, daily working through. Uh, definitely. Um, oh my God. I have like two questions. <laughs> I can't figure out which one to ask first. Um, I guess like, I, I'm like completely with you there. Like I, don't really agree with cancel culture, especially like when you haven't had like a conversation with people. Um, but I think like for you, like at what point do you feel like, okay, like I've given this person a chance and we've talked it out. Um, Like at what point do you continue to put into effort into maintaining that relationship? And at what point do you like, this is not working out? Um, Like you said, like not because either of you is wrong, but like, it's just not a, not a good match. Like, how do you distinguish that for yourself? Um, I think I was able to really see which relationships weren't working for me uh, because I I realized how much they were affecting my personal life Uh, and at first I didn't really realize it too much like how the way that maybe they would make small comments or maybe they would make hurtful comments without even knowing and then even when I would bring up the hurt that they were causing it was like there was no progression being made kind of thing and it kind of affected the way I looked at myself or even just little things that the way that they are just in general just some people you know um have we we, I mean some people we all have like different personalities you know and not everyone's personalities are always gonna mesh you know Mm -hmm. and I felt like I had to hold myself back a lot with certain friends I felt like once I started being more comfortable with who I was as a person and as a dancer and what I kind of wanted from relationships and what I felt was 
what I kind of needed, you know, um, I felt like they didn't want me to be the person that I was becoming when I was finding my movement they kind of I I had certain friends that wouldn't truly support me or their support was kind of come with a cold shoulder kind of oh but I'm not there kind of thing and so I would kind of feel bad upon myself for just being you know for just being who I was and I felt like this doesn't feel good. Like every time I'm with certain friendships, I felt like I had to restrain myself and be somebody who I wasn't, you know? And I felt like that was when I was like, I don't think this is going to help me. So why am I going to continue to have this? If I feel like I'm restricting myself to be who God wanted me to be, you know, and I had to be okay with it hurt. You know, I had to be okay with the pain of not having this person by my side any or these people by my side anymore. And that's totally mm-hmm. fine because I had, to come to terms with, okay, I'm not growing into what I'm meant to be, you know, I'm like a little root and they're not watering me, you know, and I know I want people to water me so that I can grow into this beautiful flower tree, whatever, you know? Um, and so that's what I, I, I feel like that was the fine line of, okay, these relationships are not helping. Mm. Who is the person you want to grow into? <laughs> I feel like I just, oh, well, I feel like a lot of it is, like I said, love-based. And I feel like even my job right now that I have with the school district is based on spreading love. And it's like through dance. And don't get me wrong, a lot of my job is dance-based, but I am dealing with so many kids who are going through like so many things, you know, and I feel presence in general, just like loving and like being this loving existing like just existing you know with love is just so much and I feel like that's what I want to grow into is just this beam of love like to be able to touch people and automatically them feel okay like I'm okay because I know at least one person loves me you know or I know there is at least some kind of love you know I want to be able to have people to feel that you know whether it be in the smallest ways or biggest ways so I honestly don't know where that will lead to you know but I'm just kind of been riding with it and doing what I'm doing and just yeah. love, love you know and yeah oh my god I love this love love <laughs> love this love, um, and love. it already sounds like you know it already sounds like it's something that you're like already doing Right. So that's amazing. Um, I also think like this is like a tangent, but like all the all the stuff we like label as cheesy or corny, like that's that stuff is real. You know, <laughs> like I feel like we like put a judgment on like the real stuff. And for what? Like when it comes down to it, you're either I really think like you're either leading with love or you're leading with fear. Um, so like, why don't we talk about love more? And like, why does it have to be this like corny, cheesy thing that like everyone's like, ew, like eh, stop saying that word. <laughs> oh yes, I I I definitely agree, and that's why I tell people like, you can ask all my friends. Like, every time I see you, every time we're like leaving each other, bye, I love you on the phone, bye, I love you. Like, I use love way too much I'll be honest like, oh, no I love no keep it going <laughs> much and I yeah you're right I don't don't even care like I will like say it and I even had somebody tell me before that oh like you use love too much and they were like it kind of takes like the meaning away from it doesn't doesn't it and I was like no like I genuinely have so much love for you and I have so much love for like all these people and I feel like a lot of people like you said reject that kind of idea that like oh like I can love my friends like oh I can love like this person like and love their energy like and love just their being you know and like that's fine like it's not cheesy it's not weird that like you're telling your friend I love you you know like and I've had friends too, like my guy friends, like even my guy friends like you can ask them like I tell all of them I love you and before like they would be like yeah (laughs) I I love you too and like now like I'm always like bye I love you like and they're like bye I love you and it's just so like that's so cute now now, like they're so accepting of it now and I feel like a lot of people aren't at first of like what like you said the, the the idea of like love and how okay it is to be loving but yeah yeah I mean I mean I'm saying this stuff now but like when when other people are like, oh, like, bye, just seeing, like, love you. I'm like, uh, 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 <laughs> love you too. 
No, I, I, I definitely, I, I get what you mean. I feel like a lot of people don't, it, it catches them off guard. And I feel like it's okay though. It's okay to break the, or make people know that they're love, you know? And I, yeah. I have to set boundaries too with myself sometimes because I feel like I'm way too like, oh, I love everybody, you know? And not everybody is like that, you know? And I've also had to deal with that as well. And like, mm-hmm. you know, to show that there, there's other ways to let people know that they are loved too. And that's something that I'm also learning and like continuously like teaching myself is that there are different ways to show people that they are loved and to tell them that they, that you love them without verbally or physically showing it to them, you know? Yes. Um, like I definitely, yeah, definitely agree. Um, there are definitely people who like are more, like subtle about it is what I've noticed um like for example one of my housemates they will never like verbally affirm or say anything but if they're like oh like how was your day I'm like oh you actually like cared enough to like (laughs) ask me how my day was which like it's not something that they like go out of their way to do so I was like oh shoot there's like more love in my life than I thought there was um and I feel like sometimes like maybe it's like scary almost to like believe that you're loved or to like let that in I don't know does that make sense (laughs) it does I I feel like it really does um for I feel like that was something I struggled with too like growing up was I really felt a lot of times that I was not loved and I had to really like evaluate and kind of shift my perspective to because I would find or gravitate more towards like the things that I was scared of, like you said, fear or the things that made me feel kind of sad and upset. And I kind of gravitated towards those things, you know, instead of like looking at, Oh, all these things that I was loved in. And I think it was not until one day at work, my boss, Oh my gosh, my boss is literally Michael Scott. I say this all the time, (laughs) but like, Michael Scott in like the best way possible like he is like this crazy loving guy like so amazing like so 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 amazing and then I went to work one day and I think I was absent for a little while um a couple of days because of a sick or what I don't know exactly what it was but I wasn't at work for the days before and I got to campus and my boss was like oh my goodness like you you are gonna be the light of the light of the school today day those kids missed your smile like you don't understand like your smile like you just walking into class like is the probably their whole life right now like these like kindergartners these first graders second graders you know like that come from broken homes and I'm over here like depressed sick at home probably thinking no one loves me and I don't want to be here like I have no reason being here and then I go to work and my boss is right these kids like they see me and like I mean so much to him you know and I did not see that you know I all I was thinking was no one loves me like I'm not loved and all these things and seeing all the sadness within my life and not really focusing on the love and accepting the love that I was surrounded by and um once I started to change that kind of thing I kind of saw and knew that it was okay to feel loved in other ways and not the ways that I kind of felt like I needed you know but yeah, I feel like that was a hard thing. Yeah, like, what do you think, what is the the hesitancy around, like, believing that we actually are loved, you know? Like, what is that? <laughs> I definitely feel, I, I don't know, this is my personal belief. I definitely feel, definitely feel like our modern role of social media has definitely affected the way we view love and the way we view relationships in general I feel like um it's kind of lost right now the love you know even if you go on social media a lot of the days we focus on the negative stuff that's going on and I do feel like it is important to stay informed and to know what's going on all the time but I think I've read this quote one time it was like don't constantly tell the world how broken and ugly it is you have to tell it how beautiful and full of life it is you know and I was like whoa like that that's I feel like that is a lot of what we lack you know is um and that is come from social media I feel like too you know because we are constantly fed a lot of these negative things and even like as women too this whole stuff with patriarchy and stuff I feel like 
it affects a lot of like how we women love ourselves, you know? And I feel like our role as women is we like our love. Like, I feel like we are love like embodied. And I feel like because we have that blocked, that vision or like view of what love is blocked because of the way we've been grown to like believe. I feel like a lot of the world is struggling because even nowadays, like women still have to prove like our place in this world. And Mm sometimes the love gets lost in those processes, you know, because we have to come, like there are people that get the more aggressive route. And I feel like aggression is definitely needed sometimes, but then I feel like the love, like I said, gets lost. And I feel like that's when a lot of hope is getting lost too, you know, is because we are just letting go of that idea, like even more and more of love. And I feel like a lot of it for me, like I said, is based off of social media and I don't know. I feel like a lot of our modern day childhoods come with like a lot of trauma Oh yeah, as well with our past generations too. So I feel like that's definitely affected all of our millennials. The, I feel like it's mainly the millennials. That's what we are, right? Millennials. You are a millennial. I am in between the millennial and Gen Z cutoff. Okay. Yes. Yeah. I feel like even Gen Z too, millennial yeah. Gen Z, I feel like a lot of that is still trauma from a lot of our parents or a lot of great or grandparents or great grandparents everything you know the families it just keeps going through um but yeah I feel like that affects a lot of people too because once you are hurt as a child it does affect the way that you are growing up and as an adult you know and I feel like a lot of people can't break that image of hate or hatred of love that they had growing up and it just carries on into a lot of people with hate in their heart you know so it's it's hard (laughs) yeah a hatred yeah I think like a hatred of love yeah definitely what hate is (laughs) hatred of love my 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 English is (laughs) no I don't know because I think that's so true like like people carry that pain with them for the rest of their lives not knowing how to love again Oh, yeah. You know, and that like, that is not something, unfortunately, that you can just like teach people like, you know, like you can like, like, you know, even with things like you can affirm people, you can even use social media in the in the love way of like liking every everybody's posts and like commenting on them. And like, we're always going to be more focused on that one negative comment than the other like 10 positive ones and the other like a thousand likes um you know like definitely like within our heads like we have like a negativity bias like it's easier to point that out um but it just kind of sucks because I think like I was thinking about it like I feel like love and like relationships building like that those things take active effort but like I almost feel like it's so much easier to just like like fear everything (laughs) Oh yeah. I I feel like it I feel like society also makes it easier to think that you'd be better off alone. Oh yes. Or that you'd be better off not in any kind of relationship or engagement with any people in general. That love in general would be you'd be better off without love. You know? And I feel like that it breaks my heart to kind of see that and it it's scary. Like honestly, it's I've I've met people who have completely no faith in like love and kind of stuff. And you see the difference with how it carries into someone's life, you know? And I don't know, it's just scary to see how how willing people are to cut it off, to be, to have no, nothing to do with it, just to not be hurt in any kind of way, you know? Yeah. Like even in like the, like social media, like, you know, like hyper independence is like something to be valued. And then the word, and I get it, you know, like they're definitely like codependent relationships, but like codependency is seen as such a weakness. Yes, it is. And like, it's not like, I mean, again, certain situations, but like, it's definitely not, you know, cause we were, we weren't meant to be hyper independent. I always think about like, when a baby is born, like, what is a baby doing? They need to be hold by, held by their mothers. They're crying. <laughs> like, and like holding, holding, like the reason why like so many births like succeed now is because the mother holds the baby against her chest. And it's like, that's codependency. Like, 
<laughs> like where did we come up with this idea that like we just need to be hyper independent like that I don't know it like makes me angry <laughs> it, it does and it, it it's it's crazy because I, we really can't live without each other and I feel like that image of that we can or we don't need anybody is just so praised like you said yes. these days that people forget that we were made to connect and grow together as humans you know that's what we were put on here like sorry to get no really I love it or whatever yeah. um, but even the bible itself says that it is not okay for man to be alone like it is not like it is not okay for humans to be on their own like we need others and I definitely agree with that and I feel like it is messed up the way that social media and just society in general has developed it into being that you need to be okay on yourself. And I feel like that's kind of something that triggers me also is that when we're going through things, like we're expected to be our strongest and hold it all together ourselves as if we won't fail ourselves, you know, like we are going to fail ourselves. (laughs) Like we're not superhuman. Like we're not all powerful, you know, we are going to hurt, we are going to fail ourselves. We are not as strong as we would like to believe we are, you know, like we need other people to care, like to love us and be there. And that's where love comes in again. Love is so important, but yeah, I feel like it's, it, that probably has a lot to do with it too. Like that idea that we don't need people. Yeah. Like talking about it too, like, like there, you know, there's a lot of talk about like healing and it's Mm -hmm. like, oh, you shouldn't be in a relationship if you're not already healed. Like, what does that even mean? Like, what does it mean to be healed? Um, And then why are we, again, putting a prerequisite towards like who deserves love and who doesn't? Yes. You know? Uh, Yeah, that stuff really does make me angry too. Of course, like there's a level of like knowing how to love yourself and other people. The more you're able to connect with you yourself, the more you're able to connect with others. But that doesn't mean like you're undeserving oh, yeah. of connection just because you don't know how to do that yet. To put us back on track a little bit, the last question. Um, and I know you talked about already, but to sum up everything we talked about, what does being a woman mean to you? Oh my goodness. This question, I feel like I definitely had to think about it when I saw this question on the thing you sent me. I was like, wow, that is something that I have to really sit with. Um, I feel like a lot of what I said is being a woman has to do a lot with embodying love through the power that we have like within ourselves. And I feel like that power is definitely fluctuating. I feel like we hold this kind of gentleness where we are able to create life. And I feel like, I don't mean physically, Mm -hmm. like I obviously like, yes, physically, but even the women who are like identify as women, you know, like not physically, I feel like women have this power and love and empathy like within us that this world needs like this world thrives off of it and without us being who we are the beings filled with love life can't continue without us you know like we have all of that within ourselves and I feel like we just are so much love love and life like that is what we are like that's what it means to be a woman is to be able to continue that legacy of love throughout like this generation throughout the ongoing generations of our world you know yeah I love that okay rapid fire time um if you could sit down with anybody dead or alive for a chat over a cup of coffee or boba whatever you prefer who would this person be and why oh this question I I feel like I always think about this and it changes like for me so much um currently right now I am very invested in her name is Hitomi Miyazuki I believe is how you pronounce her last name Mm -hmm. um she is like a YouTuber and she lives I believe currently right now based in Oahu I forget what island she's on um but she is somebody who I feel like I've been resonating a lot with lately her ideals of just love and being a beam of light in life and the way she cherishes her relationship with women is something that I am 
utmostly inspired by and the way she carries herself health wise is also something that I very much would love to like sit down and be like girl what are your what is your health like life how do you take care of yourself like what does that mean to you your health because she is all about taking care of her physical health as long as well as her mental and spiritual health you know she is all about spirituality and I am very I feel like in tune with my spirituality and um my connection with God and I feel like she's somebody who I've been very into lately you know and I would love to like go into detail with her definitely gonna look that up um what is one thing that people don't know about you that you wish they knew Mm, I that's a hard one I feel like maybe how much family means to me I don't really put it too much on social media too much anymore just because um I was going through a little thing myself with gen like genuine love and making sure that when I was with my family was I being genuinely myself and 100% attention there, you know? So I feel like um, a lot of people, unless you're my close friend, don't know that family is everything to me. Like I have, thank God, like the best relationship with my parents. And if you know my brother, you know, he's my best friend. Like he Mm. is literally my best friend, like ride or die. Like I was without him for one week this last week. And it felt like the weirdest week ever, (laughs) you know? Um, so I feel like that that's something I'd like people to know because I feel like a lot of people struggle these days as well with family and um, that kind of relationship, which is totally okay. Like everyone has different family lives, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it's important to know how much love in general means with to you through your family, you know? And it doesn't even have to be blood family, you know? It can be friends that mean family to you or are like family to you. And I have so many of those. I have a best friend that I grew up with and her parents call me their daughter and my parents treat her like their daughter, you know, and I'm thankful to like be surrounded by that kind of environment. And that's, I feel like something I want to carry into my relationships as well. Something that I'm trying to show through my being is that your family to me, you know, family is important to me and I want to make you feel like family so that you feel safe and welcome oh love this um (laughs) advice you would give to your 18 year old self um I would tell my 18 year old self that it is okay not to be perfect (laughs) I definitely grew up with this idea that I had to be perfect at everything my academics at my dancing socially um as a family member and so I would definitely tell myself that it's okay to not be okay (laughs) to cry sometimes to tell your parents you're not okay it's okay to not be okay to like go to work one day because maybe it's just too much for yourself emotionally because I felt like I just had those ideas that I had to be really okay all the time even if I was internally like falling apart I had to create this image of like she's the golden child you Uh know that's non-existent Mm -hmm. you know feel you there something in the future that you're very excited about um I think I'm just really excited to see where dance takes me in general um lately it's been crazy roller coaster of just things, blessings coming in and out of my life. So I'm just really excited to see where this passion for it kind of leads me. Me too. Um, And then lastly, a quote or affirmation that resonates with you. Oh my goodness. Um, Oh my gosh, I have it in my head. Okay, I have it actually written down on my board. So I'm going to read it. Yeah. It's also a Bible verse, but um, it's the godly may trip seven times, but will rise eight. So I definitely resonate with that through all the hardships. You got to get back up and we will get back up, even if it seems like the ground is where we're going to stay. Oh, thank you so much for your time and for sharing your love and your beam of light. I love this. 
Thank you. Thank, Thank you. you so much for having me. Love you. <laughs> I want to give a huge shout out and thank you to Valerie and her light. I really appreciate how open and honest she is and how open she is with sharing her love with everybody. That is definitely something that I very much admire. So thank you so much for sharing that with everybody. And as always, thank you so much for listening this far if you're making it this far. And even if you clicked away, I'm still very thankful for you for clicking in the first place. As a reminder, I'll be uploading these every Friday at 6 p.m. for the next month or two. So look forward to some more episodes with more amazing dope people. And yeah, I'm really grateful to be able to keep doing this and to have an audience no matter how big or how small. Thank you all so much and I'll catch you next time.